Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I need the money. Welcome back here. Brian Mazarowski live from the Republican National Convention on WBEN. We are in Cleveland where uh, things have kicked off for the first night of the convention. Uh, we got one of the Duck Dynasty guys. I don't know all their names. One of them's a commander, but he might not actually be a commander as in a military rank. He's just, he might call himself that. I don't know. One of them's on the stage. It's not the older one. It's the bearded one you know who i'm talking about hey that was the dead boys right there no dead boys statue in cleveland i can't believe it we were talking about uber and buffalo and why an event like this could never really happen in buffalo without ride sharing that's my opinion and we talked to people who uh, really enjoyed uber they've had good experiences uh mark and elmo we left on hold through the break and he's against it. And one of the things Mark said before I uh, put you back on the line was that he's uh, also against food trucks. He's against these things. And I'll let you explain in case I completely butcher your statement here. Against food trucks that, you know, will park outside restaurants and take the restaurant's business and things that operate to put other things out of business, other businesses, completely uh, make them vanish. And I argued with food trucks because if you go to a restaurant on Elmwood and that's what you're going there for, that's your purpose, you're walking with a mission toward there, you're not going to say, oh, let's go to this restaurant, Uh, we'll have a nice meal for two, we'll sit down, enjoy each other's company, or we'll get food out of this truck. Likewise, I don't think you're doing the opposite. Oh, I'm looking for a quick bite to eat, or instead, let's spend an hour in a restaurant. To me, those two things uh, don't gel. Did I completely uh, butcher your statement, Mark? Well, no, you didn't completely butcher it. Just slightly butchered it. it, it it's really about that's a start. Families. I mean, my family have owned a lot of restaurants in Western New York, and uh, and you know they invested their entire family fortune into the brick and mortar dwellings and the licenses and 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 the loans and the payroll. And the, and the sweat equity that goes into opening a business like that. And I'm not saying there isn't a venue for a food truck. Like, I know they come to certain wide-open areas where they're not direct competition with anyone, and uh, and that, I guess that would be all right, but it's affecting. It's, it's the idea and the catching on of the food trucks that that bothers me. And it seems to be, you know, it, and it's great. I, I didn't eat at Lloyd's Taco until they opened up their brick-and-mortar restaurant on Hurdle Avenue. And the food's good. But it's Switching. the fact that uh, that I wouldn't frequent a truck because it parks right here in my hometown of East Aurora regularly. Switching it back toward ride sharing, is that basically the reason you're against it? You, you don't want to see companies who have been around for a long time, worked hard to establish their business, get put out by a couple guys in Hondas? Correct. 
correct. And, and you know, at least you know what you're getting with a life flat taxi driver. Uh, you know, look, at we had Uber guys killing people not too long ago, right? Well, well, let me stop. I'll, I'll stop you right there because if if you look at how many people drive for Uber, I mean, it's in the hun- all around the world too. We're not just talking the U.S. That operates all around the world. You you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people. In those hundreds of thousands of people, there's going to be somebody who will commit a violent crime. That's just. I guess statistics uh, working themselves out. If you look at Walmart employees or you look at McDonald's employees, one of them is going to be somebody who might commit a violent crime. That doesn't mean that we should outlaw all Walmarts because some of their employees are bad. In fact, I would rather be kidnapped by an Uber driver than kidnapped by somebody while I'm in the fishing department at Walmart because at least uh, with the Uber driver, you know who did it. And you know exactly where I am because my phone's on and the GPS is going. Mark, I appreciate the call a lot. Thank you for the time. We'll go to Sherry in Grand a- Well, Sherry, uh, you'll have to wait a second. It's the moment you've been waiting for. Scott Bayo speaking at the podium. Let's go there live. All right, no thanks. No offense to Rick Perry, you know, a great guy and all, but he's no Scott Bayo. That was pretty quick from uh, Scott Bayo. We talked with Michael Caputo a little bit about this, and, you know, we can continue the ride-sharing conversation if you want to uh, get in your thoughts. 803-0930 is the number if you had some thoughts on ride-sharing in Buffalo. uh, To me, it's the main reason right now why Buffalo could not host an event of this magnitude is because of the lack of ride-sharing and the lack of Uber, Lyft, and those services. So if you want to call in with those thoughts, 803-0930. Scott Bayo just spoke. It was very brief, ladies and gentlemen. Personally, I was expecting Scott Bayo to totally change my mind as to how I was going to act in the polls in November. I'm not sure if I got that at all because he was so brief with his comments. We talked with Michael Caputo a little bit about Scott Bayo speaking, about how everyone expected this to kind of be the Hollywood convention and how there is actually less celebrity speakers. There are less celebrity speakers at this convention than there were for Mitt Romney's convention. Does that seem odd to you? And would you ever be swayed by a Scott Bayo, who apparently has very tight security? I wanted him to swing by here. The place is pretty empty. Scott, if you're listening, it's a safe place to come by. We're right by CNN. Uh, we'll take a break and take your calls when we come back on WBEN. Welcome back here, the Republican National Convention, live from Cleveland. I'm Brian Mazarowski on WBEN. Right now, the festivities are underway for night one. We heard from Scott Bayo. We will revisit those comments in case we missed it. You know, the speakers are, they're pretty brief, and they're coming at a nice pace, which is nice to see. You don't want a lull, and you don't want people to go on for too long. And that's, you know, that's what Scott Bayo did. He's an entertainer, people. Bob Loblaw from Arrested Development. If you uh, don't know the name Scott Bayo, maybe you'll know that one. Uh, but he was there, He or he's here tonight. We'll have uh, people like Dana White 
here tomorrow. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of the list of speakers. And Natalie Galbus, a uh, professional golfer, she will be here, I believe, Wednesday. I'm not 100% sure. But when we were talking with Michael Caputo, who helped kind of recruit some of these people to speak at the convention, he said there's less celebrities at this convention than there are at just about any other Republican uh, convention in recent history. The Republican convention with Mitt Romney had more of a celebrity presence than this one did. It might surprise you, but then I've been saying all night long, think of every musician you like, think of every actor, actress, anyone in entertainment, and how many of them are outspoken for Donald Trump, how many of them are outspoken against Donald Trump, and you'll have your answer. We're also talking about Uber, ride-sharing, Lyft, and how, in my mind, after watching this operate for a little over a day now, Buffalo could not host something like this without ride-sharing. It would be impossible to move this many people with just a few media shuttles and uh, whatever taxi services you have already existing in your city. We'll go to Henry in Elma, uh, who wants to talk a little bit about ride-sharing versus the taxi. Henry, you're on WBEN. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, I, I think that uh, I've had the experience where cab companies do not want the short the short drives. Uh, you may be downtown, it's bad weather, you only want to go four or five blocks, you're going to have a tough time getting a cab. And it's understandable because they, they make more money on a run to the airport. But um, I've had experiences where I've agreed to um, what I thought was a, a, a very high price, only to be told, well, we, we don't know when we'll be able to get you a cab. So I don't think the cab companies bring that up when they talk about uh, the competition. I have no experience with the Lyft and uh, Uber because we don't have it, but I I would assume that if there's only uh, uh, I assume they'll take any ride. I really don't know. But that, yeah, short, short distances, I mean, they're not going to take you one block or something. Well, well they might. But uh, a lot of times you uh, pick them up, they accept your ride in the app, and you don't even tell them where you want to go yet uh, before they accept your ride. Um, Henry, one more question for you, and that is on this idea that if Uber was allowed to come into Buffalo with the current rules in place, I think there's little doubt that cab companies would suffer pretty significantly. Does that make you hesitate at all? Or is it something where cab companies just need to figure out a new way to do business, a new way to kind of skirt around the laws they're operating under now? Well, I, I agree it's not head-to-head -head competition, but I think the answer is the cab companies have to maybe be more specialized or or... Uh, you know, pick up extra business such as deliveries. Um, I, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to put them out of business. I'm just saying as a person needing a ride, uh, when I need a ride, physically, four blocks might be too much to walk. There, you know, there are people like that who need a ride. And, uh, and you're willing to pay for it. 
Well, you're willing to pay for it at the time you need it. Yes, um, even though again, I've had been I've been quoted some very high prices and said okay, only to be told, well, we don't know when we can get a cab to you. So uh, I, I don't know what the answer. I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to put drive, cab drivers out of business. I think they have to diversify and and pick up. Uh, other business um, to make up for their losses on the ride sharing. All right. Henry out in Elma, thank you so much for your call and your thoughts. And listen, this is one thing we haven't mentioned yet for a lot of people. The question isn't an Uber or a taxi. And because we don't have Uber in Buffalo, the question isn't taxi or some other way of getting home. The question isn't taxi or the train. It's not taxi or I'll call my friend. For a lot of people, it's a taxi or I'm just going to drive home after drinking uh, four or five drinks. And for a lot of people, they will make that decision to do just that, to drive home after four or five drinks because the cab is too much of a hassle, because the cab is too expensive, whereas Uber is easy, Uber is a little bit cheaper. And we say Uber, we mean all of these ride-sharing apps that exist. And I know people who think just like that. And you know people who think just like that. That that's, that's what's going to happen. If I, we don't have Uber here, well, I'm just going to take my chances and drive home. And that is the reality of, you know, the world we live in. I think a lot of people ignore that. When people say Uber will cut down on drunk driving because it provides more options... I think that's a real fact, and I don't have any numbers in front of me here in Cleveland to back that up. But I can see just from things I've witnessed out and about, that's a fact. People would take an Uber instead of taking that chance, where with the current system we have now, you can't really say the same thing. All right, we are live at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. If you want to uh, talk a little bit more about Uber, we're certainly open for that. 803-0930 is the number. I also want to talk a little bit about the celebrities that are here. This is coming from the guy who I believe if Kim Kardashian ran for president, she would win because she's known and people are comfortable with her for whatever reason and uh, she's a celebrity. I think she'd have a real shot. Maybe she wouldn't win, but she'd have a real shot at winning. Scott Bayo, we heard from. We'll hear him again. We'll hear from another celebrity, Don King, coming up in a little bit. Are you willing to admit that celebrities or people you like in music or somebody else uh, in entertainment influences your vote? I think it happens a lot, and I think a lot of people aren't ready to admit it. And that's the reason why these people speak or are asked to speak at these conventions because they know uh, the people putting on the convention that celebrities have a real power in influencing how people think. We'll touch a little bit on that coming up. Brian Mazarowski here from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, 803-0930, the number on WBEN.
back here at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. Brian Mazarowski on WBEN. We're monitoring everything that's going on on stage. Uh, today's theme is Make America Safe Again, and there's a Benghazi theme. We were able to tell you that last week. Uh, when exactly all the speakers are going to hit the stage, that's a little unknown right now. So uh, we're keeping you updated as best we can as to, uh, you know, who's hitting the stage when. Uh, before we left break, I mentioned Scott Bayo spoke before. There's not a lot of celebrities because a lot of them don't really want to be associated with Donald Trump at all. So they're not coming to the Republican National Convention. So much so, according to Michael Caputo, there are less celebrities at this convention that there, than there were for Mitt Romney's Republican Convention four years ago, which is tough to believe. Uh, when you think about all the talk before uh, the convention happened. So uh, we're going to hit. I feel like I promised that I would do this in the last segment. But anyways, uh, one of the celebrities on hand was Don King. Don King, not a speaker. Don King just showed up. I don't know how he got in here. So he must have had a credential to get in here. But all of a sudden you turn around and there's Don King. And you can't mistake when it's Don King. He's very recognizable. Uh, the famous boxing promoter, the famous fight promoter, Don King, was making his way around uh, the media area, and uh, we were able to uh, catch a few words of what he had to say. And uh, why don't we throw to that right now? Here is Don King a little bit earlier in Cleveland. He ain't going to leave back and be quiet and be diplomatic and politically correct. What did he do with Donald Trump? They fed him on business for politics. No, he made a business out of a, a, a what you say, out of a bankruptcy. He's the most magnificent bankruptor in the history of America. Made it success to be a bankrupt. That's business sense. That's a different thing. Would you be his VP? Would you be his vice president? You know what? I would be whatever you want me to be because I'm for the people. Yes, sir. Donald Trump is second. People first. And but the people's rejection to the establishment, the people's rejection to the blind politicians, the people's rejection to the boss politicians like Bruce Friedman, the people's rejection to all of that is what made Donald Trump become alive. He never would have become alive, but everybody's going to be a buffoon. They're going to be a clown entertainment. They're going to be a reality show. And now he's buying at the door uh, for the presidency. And if he hadn't beat Ted Cruz so bad in Indiana, it may have been that because they would have tried some duplicity in the electorate. Yep. Let me say this to yep. you all. Electors. You know, electors are governing our lives, the destiny of America and the destiny of America's children. And the only restraint, constraint that you got on them is their conscience. What is that, man? Don't you know that's rigged? You don't understand that you're the two electors from each state. Yep. You can't deal with that kind of thing. The new system definitely would not have that. You know, we would do some way the people to be elected to be held accountable for what they're doing, for their actions, how they do, what they do, yep. and what respect they do. And when they don't do what they say they're going to do, they're going to be called a light. And you know what George Washington said, what they call that word recall. You know what I mean? And you start working for a recall. But here's what they do. They say something don't mean nothing. And not only the black, the black or white, most of the white because they're more white than it is black. You know what I mean? So you're always fooling yourself when you think that you got something that you don't have. All right? So Donald Trump brought a refreshing breeze to the, to the, to the table. Now we got to make him make that dream come true. How do we get you on stage tonight? How do we do it? How do we get you here? Long live Donald Trump. How do we jump? That's up to you, the people. You know, but I'm like that guy that was crying in the room. Named John the Baptist. I'm crying on the boys that one that's coming greater than that. And in American history, you've got the one that says, do you surrender? A guy named Paul, John Paul Jones. 
the British commander said, do you surrender? Do you surrender? He said, I've not yet begun to fight. Ah, there it is. Go on, live John King. Go on, live at the media row i'm not sure exactly what he said there at some point did he call himself john the baptist or was that just me hearing myself anyway that's one of the uh, many celebrities who are here uh but many of course as we've told you many times now uh, not quite as much as mitt romney had uh four years ago just because hollywood doesn't really want to interact with donald trump and uh, we don't have an agenda as far as i know we don't have an agenda for next week in philadelphia for hillary clinton so you can't really compare it now i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that hillary will have a few more hollywood friends at the convention than donald trump does here so uh, i want to hear from some honest people about a time in their lives where somebody with some fame whether it's a musician uh, whether it's your favorite actor where somebody influenced how you thought about the world how you thought about politics how you voted and i know you're out there listening because if it didn't happen then these people wouldn't be all over the place uh, here at the convention these people wouldn't be so active these people wouldn't be enlisted by uh, whether it's Clinton, whether it's Trump, to try and get people to rally around the candidate they support. So some of you have to be hiding out there. And listen, I'm not, you call in and tell me that you, uh, George Clooney, loves uh, Barack Obama and that influenced the way you voted. I'm not going to sit here and chew you up. I just want to hear somebody finally admit it, that that is whether it's now or whether it's some point prior in their lives, that that played a factor in how they voted. Because it happens, you know it happens, because if it didn't, all these celebrities wouldn't get so involved. They know they influence people's thought, even if people don't want to admit it. Brian Mazarowski live here from the convention in Cleveland. We're on Radio Row 803-0930 is the number if you want to give us a call. We are monitoring the stage for anyone who comes by. We still have to hear from Rudy Giuliani. Still have to hear from Donald Trump. He'll be on the stage uh, as far as I know. It's the first time the presumptive nominee has taken the stage prior to his big speech uh, that ends the whole convention. So he'll be on the stage tonight. Maybe he'll be on the stage tomorrow. Maybe he'll be there Wednesday, too. Anyways, 803-0930. If you want to drop us a line, I'm Brian Mazarowski from Cleveland on WBEN. Here on WBEN, Brian Mazarowski from the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. How's it going, everybody? It's been a long day here, and we've got a long week ahead of you. A lot of cool stuff planned uh, throughout the morning. Listen to John and Susan between 5 and 9 in the morning. They'll bring in guests who are covering this thing left and right and all over and bring you everything you need to know about what happened the night before 
That's coming your way tomorrow. Of course, Tom is here live, too, 3 to 7, every single day talking about what's going on. And uh, you know what's cool about the time Tom's on the air here at Radio Row, where we're located? There's a lot of people walking by. If you listen to his show today, he had a couple good guests on, and everyone's just walking by. Everyone's kind of available here, so it's not that hard in that time to grab somebody and say, hey, let me talk to you for a few minutes, and you end up getting some pretty good radio out of it, so make sure you're tuned in for Tom. And then once he signs off every day between now and Thursday, you're stuck with me. I'm sorry to say it, but uh, that's the way things work. I'll be here uh, starting at 7 and then going to kind of whenever, probably 10 tonight. And then, uh, of course, as we move on later, uh, maybe that gets pushed back and pushed back as some of the big stuff happens a little bit later on. Uh, tonight, we're expecting Rudy Giuliani to hit the stage. We are expecting uh, Donald Trump to introduce his wife, who is the, uh, I guess you'd say, keynote speaker of the night She's the headliner for Monday, and we'll hear both those remarks live here on WBEM. David Bellavia, who I'm not sure if he was on with us today, but he's been hanging out around here. He'll be up on the stage supposedly around 10 o'clock. I want, to, I want him to text me what it's like on the stage. If you look at it where they were speaking before, it looked like uh, some gathering of the Galactic Empire or something from Star Wars, the way the uh, lectern is set up, kind of this weird futuristic circle thing, and they'd hit the gavel, and it would sound like a drum. I thought I was in some sort of a sci-fi movie. Do they do that in the Hunger Games movies, hit a big drum? That sounds like something they should do. But that's what happened earlier today. Um with all the you heard me with michael caputo if you missed any of it on demand at wben.com talking about how everyone all the delegates who didn't want to see donald trump win the nomination kind of made one last push to call for a roll call vote to have the delegates kind of vote as they want as far as the rules of the convention went and that didn't go well it lasted only a matter of minutes and at the end the convention rules are the same ones that were set last week and in all likelihood Donald Trump will be your nominee you know how I know that because I was walking through the Quicken Loans arena and you see a lot of setups you see some concession stands uh, you see the GOP bistro I've never been uh, I've heard good things you see all the merchandise stands, and you stop at a merchandise stand, you look at all the T-shirts, all the hats. They say, uh, make America great again. They say, Trump, 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 Trump. Uh, I, I don't see any T-shirts or merchandise for anyone else. I think Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. So that's probably how things will go down a little later on without uh, too much uh, to worry about. Right now, I want to talk about what happened a little bit earlier on today the state GOP delegation the New York Republicans gathered this morning they listened to Newt Gingrich for a little while he was the keynote speaker of the morning and uh, Newt talked about a lot of different things he mentioned something uh, that stuck out to me and that was that Republicans need to do a better job of using new media of using social media he mentioned facebook live he mentioned uh twitter and you know snapchat all these things that 
Republicans need to do a better job of to get whatever message they want to send across to all Americans because Democrats are so far ahead of the game on that. And if you have people who are 16 now or 17 now and in the next election cycle they're ready to vote, you know, it's not just the voters you have to focus on all the time. It's the people who will vote in the next election four years from now. They'll have spent the last four years on Snapchat, on social media, on these places where the Democrats are so much better at pushing their message across than Republicans at this point. So what do you think uh, they're going to think (laughs) when all they're getting is one side of the information? So he kind of told New York State that that's what they needed to do. They needed to utilize social media much better than how they are now. And uh, we talked with Assemblyman Ray Walter a little bit about Newt Gingrich, what he had to say to the state GOP delegation, and uh, what he thought, also what his role at the convention is. An honorary delegate. What an honor. Yeah, well, it's good to be here. I mean, it's the Republican National Convention. It's the time for the party to get together and get behind its candidate for president, and uh, and that's what we're here to do. What did you take from Newt Gingrich's comments today? I thought he was excellent. I mean, he really knows what he's talking about, very thoughtful, um, you know, well-versed in all of the issues. And, uh, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, he hit, hit all the right points, as did Larry Kudlow. There's been a lot of talk about this convention that it might be a little different. It might be a little chaotic. Last night, Scott Bayo was added to today's list of speakers. Is there anyone from, I guess, a different walk of life that you're excited to hear speak, who you've noticed on the speakers list, who might not be a typical speaker at one of these things? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to hear from members of Donald Trump's family. I think that's that's going to be very interesting. I'm excited that our Congressman Chris Collins is going to have a, a speaking role as well. Um, Scott Bayo, news to me. Looking forward to hearing to hear what he now has to say. Now you're excited. Now I'm excited. It's great to be here to hear Scott Bayo. But uh, you know, it's it will the whole thing is going to be very different than it was four years ago. Certainly, where it was very scripted politically, and I think that you're going to see a different type of. Uh, uh, of convention here that's really geared to the media and geared to uh, the general public rather than the political insiders. You mentioned Chris Collins. Do people around Western New York who are involved politically, is that a big deal to have kind of one of their own, a uh, Western New Yorker, have that role at the convention? Oh, I think it's huge. I mean, it really helps uh, Western New York. It you know raises the profile of uh, Congressman Collins uh, very much nationally, and uh, that can only have uh, good consequences for us back in Western New York. Uh, anytime you have somebody playing a major role in a presidential campaign uh, that's from your local area, uh, it's going to have good consequences for that uh, area. So, you know, we're very proud of him and, and hope he does. Uh, I'm sure he'll do very well uh, when he gets his chance at the microphone. One last one for you here. We're with the New York delegation now, and there's always that talk of a fractured party. What have you noticed in your short time here so far in Cleveland? I don't see a fractured party here. I mean, we have over 500 uh, delegates, alternate delegates and guests, and everybody's on the same page. We're, you know, we're behind uh, the candidate, behind the party, 
Uh, we have to make sure that Hillary Clinton does not get into the White House, and that's the most important thing that we're here to do is to unify the party and move forward onto victory in November. That's Assemblyman Ray Walter from earlier today, and that was that interview took place before what you saw on the floor, where a lot of people tried to force uh, a vote to change the rules to kind of uh, in in a last minute attempt to. I guess, deter Donald Trump's nomination. It was unlikely to happen. It didn't happen. And I would say he's probably right in his sentiment that an overall majority of the Republicans here are behind Donald Trump from what I've seen. I don't see a lot of people who are... I, let's put it this way. I don't see anybody wearing a John Kasich shirt in his native Ohio. We're in his home state. Can't even get a guy wearing a shirt here. We'll go to Barry. Barry's out in Brant. Barry, you're on WBEM. What's on your mind? Hey, Brian. How you doing there? I'm doing great. How's it going? I got a sore throat here, but let's go. Uh, Tony Schwartz, what do you think about the story? Uh, New York Post, he's a former ghostwriter for Trump, and I believe the quote was, he generally believes if Trump wins against the nuclear codes, there's an excellent possibility it will end civilization. What do you think about what he's saying? He says he regrets making Trump sound as presidential as he did, and what do you think about this? Well, Barry, uh, first of all, thanks a lot for the call. I can't comment too much because I only saw that quote that you mentioned and didn't read the whole story yet. But I generally think that... Uh, let's. I take all of that with a grain of salt because you have to remember two things. He, he might genuinely feel that way, or he might be somebody who's out looking for a little media attention at an opportune time to do so. A lot of people feel that way. A lot of people are terrified of the idea of Donald Trump as president. Is Donald Trump's former ghostwriter necessarily one of those people? Maybe. Uh, do I think his comments come at a time when it... it if you make a comment about Donald Trump and you're related to Donald Trump, you're going to get in the news? Absolutely. So I always take that with a grain of salt. I'm not sure how much stock I put into it. I guess I'd have to read more. I only saw that one quote that he thought it would be the end of civilization if you gave Donald Trump the nuclear codes. That's a pretty harsh statement, I think. I'm gener generally of the belief that the president, the president sets the tone, sure, for your country. He is the face of your country, so I think you want to definitely keep that in mind. I don't think the president has such tremendous power over your daily life. You know, you hear all these people say, whether it's Trump, whether it's Hillary, whether it's Bernie... And those are pretty much the three that you heard it about. Oh, if that person wins, I'm leaving the country. If that person wins, how much is your life really going to change? Let's be honest. In the next four years, how much of your life is really going to change? And if there are significant changes, how much of that is due to you and changes you've made on your own? If you're worse off than you were four years ago, are you blaming the president? Because uh, to me, that always kind of sounds a little lame.
It's 8.55 here on WBEN. We are going to hear possibly in the next hour, definitely before 11, from Rudy Giuliani. Donald Trump will hit the stage. He's going to introduce his wife, who is the marquee speaker of the evening. I guess that's what you would uh, phrase it as. Not necessarily the keynote, because Trump's the keynote at the end. The keynote comes at the end. Okay, I'll get I'll get all the terminology down before the end of the week. Of course, we're taking your calls, too, 803-0930, if you'd like to get on. And uh, maybe when we come back, we'll hear a little bit more from earlier on today uh, what some of the Republicans had to say uh, when they met with the state delegation. For right now, though, I'm Brian Mazarowski, hanging out here in uh, Media Row in Cleveland on WBEN. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.